welcome to another episode of the Tenor Tam Podcast. I am Triforce Todd. Joining me today is Warrior Will. Tis the net before Christmas with Todd being the host, and Scott with his trails games with ours to boast. Faith with Disney, always saying wow, and Will in Splatoon 3. That's enough now. Nintendo games that have nothing to fear. Merry Christmas to all. Tears of the Kingdom was Ralph Game of the Year. Oh, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> uh, but of course, do you will. I must give you something to swallow. Uh, I, I killed the rhyme. I was about to do a. a, 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 a <laughs> this is why I have a pill in my phone. Thank you. <laughs> I couldn't get it. I was trying to fit Will and Pill together, and it. And it I, was, I had a great line with Keith and Teeth, but whatever. Fine. Screw it. Uh, <laughs> even the host has flaws, ladies and gentlemen. I do not speak in. Was I iambic pentameter or whatever that phrase is called? Uh, but yes, it is. It is a merry holiday edition of NEP. And what better way to celebrate than with the real host of hosts, Koopa Keith? Oh, was I supposed to say something? Yes. I'm so sorry. What's you up, think- everybody? <clears throat> wow. Now you guys are getting me sick. Thanks a lot, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, it, it's, it's the season of sharing. You can keep that to yourself. Thank you very much. Return that to the store. Exchange it. I don't need it. Hey, what if the store would let me take it yeah. back? I know, right? <laughs> it's like, take it. I don't need it anymore. But yes, we uh, have the return of our dear Koopa Keith, the creator and great showrunner of The Outer Haven, uh, who lets us do this podcast every single week. So thank you, Keith. That is our eternal Christmas present from you. But uh, it keeps on giving. Yep. Because where would you be without us? Uh, don't answer that question. Don't. Just, just don't. Uh, but yeah, we have a fun little show for you tonight. Uh, a merry little podcast, even. Ha 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 ha. And let's get all started off with what have you been playing? Uh, Koopa Keith, how about you go first? Since it's been quite a while since you've been on the podcast. No. Okay, Scott. I'm... <laughs> Seriously, come on. Got to play something. <laughs> I don't know if he's actually being serious or not. I, I really can't tell. I know. <laughs> Have you not played anything recently, Keith? Honestly, I really haven't. I <clears throat> don't this cough. The only thing I've actually been playing recently is a um, Metrovania roguelike game called uh, Trinity Fusion mm. that I played way back at PAX East 2023. I played early access, and it finally went retail a couple of days ago. So I've been playing the heck out of that. But other than that, no, I've just been so busy. I just no. You would think having a two-week vacation that you would do the things that you're like, I'm going to go play this and go do this and go do this and go do that and go do that. And I haven't done any of that. I, I feel that. I feel that. So, as, as Faith would say, I feel, I feel that. I feel that, Keith. Wow. So, yeah. My, my vacation doesn't start till like, tomorrow afternoon. And then I have, like, 10 days off. But, yeah, I, I get. I really get that. I do. So, like, I had a whole bunch of free time today. I thought, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And then I got, like, none of that done because of like timing and stress and such so i got it but hopefully you will get to game soon because you deserve it you deserve to rest and relax and have fun and everything and not stress about us and the website and everything oh man i yeah i don't see that happening i would love for it to happen i don't see it happening i understand that all right well since keith has uh gotten a couple uh lumps of coal in his gaming stocking <laughs> I'll try to keep it as good as Scott, how about you save us and tell us about what you've been playing? Because I know you've been playing stuff. 
Yeah, so I have been continuing my Noctuary run. I was um, fi almost finished with the game, and I'm also now writing the review, but the review probably won't be up till I was hoping this week, but it might not be until next week now. <laughs> um, it's a fun um, action RPG slash visual novel game. You are basically trying to figure help out one of the people that you find get their memory back by traveling the world, which is kind of cool. And it helps you understand the lore and everything of the world. Um, another game that I was, well, continuing playing, the one that I play constantly when I have a chance, is Genshin, because they have a new <laughs> character oh, yeah. that came out this week. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I see everybody is... getting wild about that. Yes, yeah. Navia, which is a Geo character. If anyone who knows Genshin Impact, Geo characters are generally bad. But mm -hmm. Navia is actually a Geo character that utilizes other elements than just Geo, which is weird. And actually works pretty well if you have a good build for her. Mm -hmm. You can hit like 100 almost 200,000 damage per attack if you stack her upright which is very impressive for a geo character that's not ito oh. <laughs> <laughs> um and oddly enough i've been actually uh returning back to playing gotham knights i started oh. watching Why? the cw Why series no no do not watch that what decided that i didn't want to watch that anymore so i went to play the game because i'm like i want the court of owls but good <laughs> yeah oh. <laughs> like seriously like we, we, we you could talk about what's happened with the mcu or the dceu and, and what happened with the arrowverse but like gotham knights is the literal Let's just throw some crap out there and hope it sticks, kind of thing, you know. Really is like the only thing that I even like in that series is Misha, <laughs> <laughs> and he's not even like a main character. He's just like the side Harvey Dent. Just yeah, kind and, of and they can't that thing too. Yeah, which is sad. Yeah, he's a good Harvey. I mean, he, I don't know if I'd really call him a good Harvey Dent. He's a good not Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> 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 he's more Commissioner Gordon in this than he is Harvey Dent. Let's be honest. Shock! I can't stick to the roles. <laughs> and I think that's because they didn't know what they wanted the characters as. They kind of just pulled out names from like the comic books of Batman and were like, well, you, this could person could play it right here. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, but you should actually maybe use that as a character instead they, of just have a name. <laughs> they literally have, they, there are canonically like six Robins that they could have pulled from. And instead they made an entirely new kid and asked people to get invested in him as, as, as Bruce's adopted the son. Heck? It's because they had Swear. to make him an idiot, and all the Robins aren't idiots, so they're just well. Like... <laughs> let's be honest; they're all idiots in their own way. They are they are idiots in their own way, but none yeah. of them are as idiot as idiot as uh, the way they made the not Robin Robin. Yeah. Yeah. You can't even think of his name right now, can you? Because it's not canon. Yeah, it's it's sad. Yeah, and then and then they thought, hey, this is you know these six kids or whatever. They totally had the capabilities to kill Batman. Yeah, I'm, really? I'm surprised so many people somehow are, got on board with the vitriol of these three random teenagers shot the Batman in the head. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, you, the, you know, the same Batman who fights up like entire armies by himself and yeah. doesn't get shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when he does get shot, like just bounces off of him. Not this time. Yeah, nope. Not this time. And it doesn't help that he's that they shot him apparently wearing his Batman masks. So yeah, it's like, just like wait, you shot him in the head as he has bulletproof armor on his face. Yeah, and people are still thinking that he this isn't some kind of setup. <laughs> uh, and you geez. wonder why WB is trying to merge again. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I played the Gotham Knights video game because I needed that to cleanse my palate. <laughs> <laughs> Probably didn't. 
Ironically, it wasn't that bad, but I think okay. it's also because it, when you play it, like uh, one of my friends has PlayStation Plus Extra, uh, and so I asked him to play Gotham Knights with me, and uh, because it's a co-op game, you can't do that. You can play the entire game. Well, not the entire game. After Chapter 1, you can play the entire game co-op. Because Chapter 1 has like the tutorial section. You have to actually get all the cases and the controls figured out before they let you go into online mode. Right. But otherwise, it's, it's actually fun. I was playing Nightwing. He's playing uh, Red Hood because he likes more ranged combat, and I like more close-up combat. So it, it's fun that way. But there are still issues, of course, with the Gotham Knights game. Um, the story isn't bad, but I feel like they do a little too much kind of convenience in places mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they have to have, make things more like game, like, so they kind of just like force you into weird situations that, you know, that the bat family probably wouldn't put themselves in or would do it smarter. Shock. <laughs> That's curious. I do have a question for you then, since you brought that up, not yeah. that game exactly, but of engaging people's interest in seeing if they will be playing uh, the upcoming uh, Arkham verse game. Oh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, yes. I want to play that game. It actually. So I initially did not want to play that game when it first was revealed of the whole like life service elements. But as I've been seeing more of the trailers and more of the gameplay, it starts to it seems to be yep. a lot more polished and a lot more sensical, I will say. Those delays have done the game justice. Yes. So don't, I'm don't actually a lot more. Don't say that yet. <laughs> okay, You're it's done more justice than if it was. What really. we've seen, like the last um, insider video, I forgot what it's called. They showed a lot of the game. Yep. And I was like, wow, this is actually a lot better than I thought it would be. I'm not completely sold on everybody using guns, but then again, Harley yeah. Quinn uses yeah, guns. I hate that because they're like, you know, oh, not uses guns. Yeah. You hey, know, Captain so. Boomerang is master of essence. Uh, yeah, SMG? I don't like no. how Captain Boomerang <laughs> is using a gun. Boomerang like, is the least interesting guns? character in there. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then King Shark has like you know like a grenade launcher. It's like he's yeah. a shark. He, he doesn't need a grenade launcher. So, I, I do want to play this. I do want to see how this is. So I've already jumped over the counter. I was like. WB, we want to play this game. Um, let's go. Yeah, we're interested now. I am. Yeah, I I, I do want to try it out, and I do want to play it, and I do think having co-op is going to make it more fun. Um, yeah. So I think that's another aspect of it. And yes, I still do not like the live service stuff or the microtransactions that will most likely be in the game, not because of Rocksteady, but because of you know. <laughs> WB. <laughs> See, my my things on this game is that. I like the concept. You know, it feels like this feels like a Suicide Squad mission. Like, okay, yeah. Justice League being taken over by Brainiac, they have to kill him. Like, okay, that's totally something. And if anyone's reading recent DC comics, this is exactly what like Amanda Waller has been, you know, freaking out about, and yeah. would, would totally have a Suicide Squad go do. But when I look at the videos, especially like you know, like all the flying around and bounding about and shooting everything, it's just like I don't get the feeling as to how they're actually going to kill the Justice League? <laughs> <laughs> Can we just be honest? Like, there's no way they're going to kill. So you're going to kill Superman and Green Lantern. Yeah, You're going to kill them both. Yeah. Good okay. Luck. <laughs> I'll, I'll Let's not forget the Flash here, all right? Fastest man alive. All right? And, like, and, and yes, like, oh, but they've beaten him in the comics before. Yes, but that was a very specific circumstance. And very as, conveniently. And it was also very them. convenient. And also... <laughs> Also, as any comic book writer will tell you, hey, who wins in this character versus this character? It's whoever the writer wants to win. Yep. 
you know, I really hate hurt. that though, because you know, <clears throat> you have certain writers that just take advantage of situations or, or change things up completely. It's like, but this character can't do this. Oh, he can do it now. Like, but that's <laughs> yeah. not what we were told for decades. Oh yeah, it's it's complete bullcrap. I'm not gonna lie, but like, uh, this is what like. Death Battle was talking about this recently. Is like, you know, because Stan Lee kept kept getting asked, like, who would win between Thor and Hulk? He goes, it doesn't matter because the the writer will determine who wins. Yeah. Like, there there was a there was an arc uh called um Fear itself, and Thor had to go up against a super powered thing and Hulk, oh yeah, and he kicked their butts royally, and he and he didn't like it, but he had to do it, and they they were doing damage to Thor, but he beat them, and then later on, after Immortal Hulk, because of some vague power up hulk can now clearly beat the crap out of thor it's just like which doesn't make any sense because thor is his, <clears throat> thor is basically superman he's as strong <laughs> as he needs to be when he yeah, needs to be exactly yeah and, and so like i'm very curious about how they're going to define the ways they're going to actually kill the justice league and they even we know that wonder woman is going to help them in some capacity as we saw in one of the trailers where she subdued the flash but yeah but like is that gonna be your cop out? Like, oh yeah, they don't. They just weak him enough to for Wonder Woman to like trap him, and then they're gonna shoot him or whatever. And like, that's just a cop out. <laughs> like, one, there was like a leak about how Batman allegedly dies, and allegedly, 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 and, like, there's and, like, nothing the, confirmed. <laughs> exactly, and like the fan base rioted, and I'm like, I'm not gonna deny that's a good thing to riot about, but I don't know. It's just this whole thing is weird because it's been delayed so much. I'm again, I'm always fine with games getting delayed if it's a good delay. But I, I don't know. This game is still very up in the air right now. But uh, also, Kid Ivy. That's a choice. <laughs> I'm about that. I like that. I like that idea. <laughs> I mean, they it's kind clever. of hinted at that at Arkham Knight if you get the end credit scene. Yeah, it's 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 a clever twist, and they they it does tie. So I, I'll give them that. But uh, it also gets them out of a certain loophole that they know. <laughs> well, not loophole, but certain situation that could cause controversy if they don't pay attention to uh, Ivy and Quinn. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I see where you're going with there. Also, this is still a Nintendo podcast. I just want to put that <laughs> Isn't that coming out for the Switch? No. no wait. No, Maybe no. on the cloud in next year. <laughs> <laughs> or, or if we wait six years, they might bring it over and it won't be a, a good version. You know? <laughs> yeah, and just be a download only. And that is going to be horrible. Yeah. No love. No love unless you're like Atlas or Platinum Games, who we'll talk about later. But uh, anything else, Scotty? Nah, that's about it. All right, Will, how about you? Uh, personally, for me, I've uh, over the weekend I have finished up um, Yakuza Gaiden, the man who erased his name, and uh, yeah, uh, for any Yakuza fans out there, by all means, play this game. And I'll I'll openly admit, this game made me cry. Like that ending, Takaya Kuroda's performance, it freaking made me cry. Like, yeah, like even, and it's just so. I, again, I will be noting this in my review, but like the fact that this game, even though it is made many reused assets, of course, it's Yakuza, but yeah. to make this thing in <laughs> half a year and six months is like, wow, still, still fairly impressive. And like five chapters in, and then seeing that ending get bridging into uh, Yakuza 8 Infinite Well was like, yeah, I just want Kiryu to be happy. Like, is it is it okay to get this man a freaking break after all he did <laughs> after six now to seven games now? It's like, jeez, man, please get this guy a break. And yeah, 
overall just like that the entire experience like oh only takes about 40 hours even to complete it and platinum it is oh, not oh, not that long of a game so thankfully but yeah uh yakuza gaiden uh, the man who raises name takakura's performance by all means definitely check it out if you have a chance to if it's on sale then by all means and if you want to by all means please import it from play asia just <laughs> get the physical copy it's very good stuff so yeah uh yakuza gaiden, yakuza gaiden definitely good stuff uh, as well as like heading back into a Splatoon, uh, Splatoon three, uh, going back into my um, try to get to the X ranks, but again, yeah, unfortunately, RNG was bad to me, <laughs> and the Turf Wars was not kind to me, so I was slightly salty uh, yet last night. Uh, as well as that, uh, I also can uh, finish uh, before the trial ended up uh, playing a little bit more Suica, and yeah, uh, it's Suica, it's Suica. What is there more to say? Um, of course, Natu as well, just getting all my gacha mobiles and all that. And uh, yeah, actually, uh, just a little progress on, on Fire Emblem Heroes. I actually did manage to go and uh, yes, I did invest into um, the the Christmas banner and actually did got a Christmas Edelgard and uh, sparked it uh, dual by live. And yeah, th um, though, yeah, if you have if if you have seen them in eight or eight defense or offenses, they are, yeah, as I said before, they are very broken. The fact that Edelgard can just basically attack and have two lines of uh, flammable terrain, uh, Dragon Banes, is just like, geez, she, she, yeah, she's an absolute tank. And of course, naturally, Duo Bylev is, is that uh, far safe tanker that, yeah, you can't kill Duo Bylev. You just can't kill him. You gotta really do invest really hard, like take use another Christmas Edelgard just to take um, Bylev down. But yeah, overall, it. it Thankfully, the RNG guys were kind. And um, last I checked on the calendar, we are expected to get a, Mef a new legendary Mephic banner on Christmas Day. So expect the trailer to maybe come out on Saturday, Saturday night or so. So expect that, expect that. But um, aside from that, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's, yeah, finish up Yakuza Gaiden. I probably need to get back into some more RPG or... Oh, oh yeah, one more thing. I actually did play a, a bit of Stray. I actually reached, reached up to the small, uh, to the slums area. And uh, yeah, it's it's just... The game's basically all about mood. Like, you just mm -hmm. take a time of it. Personally, for me, I just like to take my time of it and just like... just take it all in the sounds the the creepiness but also like the surrealness of it all. and of course naturally the cat meow a dedicated meow button <laughs> by, by all means props to use anna pura pura like that was, that was great and of course naturally the scratching just being a cat that's okay it, it, it's a good cat game it's the cat game so yeah um just continuing my trek along with stray so yep yeah um that finally done that's what i've been playing for this past week for the most part all right for me i have naturally been uh i've played and beaten quote unquote the second half of the hidden mystery of uh hidden treasure of area zero from Pokemon mm -hmm. Scarlet and violent and I, I, I gotta admit i got really mixed feelings about this because on one hand the terrarium is awesome like mm -hmm. i like the terrarium more than i liked kitakami um mainly because it felt it's weird because the Kitakami is more, it's just like basically an island and you know it has like your, your standard land biomes with some water areas and such whereas the terrarium has the four distinct biomes but they have like hidden areas within it like they have like a mag uh, a thunder magnet cavern or something like that uh, like magnetic rock and all that it's really cool looking and they have like a, a fire tunnel and like little hidden areas within the biomes and i really enjoyed that and then the the diversity of the pokemon more or less 
was nicely done and and again open world pokemon is just great <laughs> okay like it is it is really great like oh i didn't oh have i got that pokemon have i got that pokemon have i got that pokemon blah blah blah, blah. you know i love the terrarium and going through it i hate just about everything else <laughs> okay so small spoilers you go to the terrarium in the blueberry academy because of a uh, transfer student exchange student program whatever you want to call it and there you meet up with carmine and immediately like immediately you get roped into this really weird plot involving the blueberry academy elite four which we knew there was an elite four but the plot is that in the weird short period of time okay they do not tell you how long it's been since teal mask but so let's just say like a month or so okay in the month or so that you've been gone um kirian the kid you met carmine's brother apparently went through his uh, rogue emo phase, complete with hair color change, not joking, and became the champion of the Blueberry Academy somehow. Oh, no. <laughs> and he, and in this process of getting infinitely stronger, he became a grade A jerk. Why? Because he couldn't lose, he couldn't beat you. Because yes. he's not Arvin. Yeah, he, he is literally... He becomes an anime antagonist because he took the wrong lessons from your constant beating of him in Teal Mask. Okay. I saw this coming. I really did, but it's just like they took it to the most extreme place ever, and it kept getting worse when we actually went to Area Zero with him and Carmine, and I was like, who wrote this? <laughs> Sorry, back off cold. But, uh, then when he eventually does snap out of it, it's like, I'm sorry, you don't deserve my friendship, but that wasn't a dialogue choice. This wasn't like Baldur's Gate where you probably tell him to F off. <laughs> um, oh, but if I could. Oh, but if I could. S plus game. No. <laughs> yeah, game plus mode. <laughs> tell, 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 tell Kieran to take his Pokemon and shove it. Um, that could get really dirty depending on how you interpret that. Uh, but like, I did not like the story mode at all. The Teal Mask had a much deeper storyline. And there was another character, I won't spoil, um, but, like, they had an arc that I swear was going to turn them into a villain, and then it's not. It was just them going, oh, I guess I got a little too excited. I'm like, you almost got us killed! <laughs> I mean, you were worried about being excited? Hello? <coughs> so, and the storyline really didn't take that long to beat. Like, the Teal Mask had a more complete storyline with Ogre Pond and Carmine and, and, and Kieran and all that. But with the, the Indigo Disc, it was more about, as weird as it sounds, the journey than the destination. Because, uh, you, you, as I mentioned, there's the Elite Four. You're told in the trailers, like, oh, yeah, you, you, there's an Elite Four that you can go and beat. Your goal in the whole story is to just beat the Elite Four. Like, you literally get to the Academy, they show you around. Oh, by the way, here's Kieran. He's a champ now. Go beat the Elite Four so you can go challenge him. Go! That's it? Like, I just got here. <laughs> Yeah, and they kept, like, trying to build these other characters as, like, worthy adversaries, but it didn't really work. Like, there's one guy named Drayton who's, like, Carmine's like, this guy's an evil mastermind. You've got to watch out for him. And I'm, like, waiting for the twist. and I'm waiting for the turn to show that he's the evil one. And it never comes. And then you go right from the Karen storyline to go finding out about what's in Area Zero, which was kind of cool. And then you meet Terrapago, so I won't spoil how. And then that, that takes a twist that I was really actually into, and then I ruined it, like, really quickly. I'm like, <laughs> okay. 
and then once you get Terrapagos, that's the end of the story. And it's like, okay, you're done. Bye. Oh. I know, right? I mean, I, I wasn't expecting, like, the deepest stuff. I wasn't expecting, like, Witcher 3 levels of DLC content. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, 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 if we could have, you know, right? I mean, <laughs> if it only. could have been, but again, it's Game Freak. They, they want to invest that much. Hold on, mm. don't, not, don't blame Game Freak. Blame the Pokemon. Uh -oh. Let's be careful. <laughs> we, we said it before. It, it's Pokemon coming making these decisions. The Game, game Freak has almost been trying to make this work. All right? And, and yes, there are bugs galore. Uh, I mentioned it lightly last week. I found plenty more this time. And if I was to review it right now, I'd probably only give it like a three out of five, which was like half a point less than Faith's review of a teal mask. And it's just that if you're there to catch Pokemon, you're going to have a great time because the Terrarium really is cool. It really is. <laughs> there's, there's so much fun Pokemon everywhere, and you'll, you'll love seeing all the new types. But then they try to engage you in all this other stuff and it just doesn't work and the worst example of this oh sorry is the the bp system now you might remember in the main game there was the lp system which is the lead yeah. points in the in the dlc you have blueberry points because it's blueberry academy that's clever no it's not <laughs> oh yeah and how you get these bp points is not through battles or beating the elite four it's by doing random inane tasks over and over and over again. And, and they even tell you, that, hey, use these BP points, T, and you can help other students with their projects and get, like, new poses and emotes and clothing. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool, but I don't really need to do that. And then I go check the computer again, and it goes, hey, would you like greater biodiversity in your biome? Then here, donate some BP points. I'm like, okay, that's great. I can do that. Hey, it's 3,000 points per, bio, per biome per diversity boost. 3,000. And you get 10 to 20 to 100 per task you do. That's a lot of tasks you have to do for one 3,000 point bonus. I don't think so. <laughs> like, I literally, when I was done with the, with the Indigo Disc storyline, I put the game down and I, I have no interest in going back to it. The only reason I'm going to go back to it is, is because of something in the news that we'll talk about soon. But I have, and, and yes, like, oh, there's a legendary Pokemon you can catch. If you have no interest in that, you're done in like, I don't know, six hours? It's 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 not the best. Also, they force you to do double battles. And of course, because it's an AI computer, they have, oh, tuned, no. they have tuned their teams to have like perfect balance with one another and to have moves that will affect one po like your Pokemon but never theirs and whatever. Like Earthquake will always happen when they have a, a flying type Pokemon as their partner. But you have two ground types and so or, or on the ground types and so you're gonna get hit with massive damage. Thanks, computer. Oh. So it felt like you know, an expansion in some ways, and Tropicos was cool. Like, like that boss fight was actually really interesting, uh, not unlike what they did with Ogre Pond. But they they really should have thought through some more of this. <laughs> like Kieran's arc was terrible. Uh, the Elite Four rush was just there. Um, some of the Elite Four were actually tougher than Kieran, and he's the champion. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. And then and other times it's like I'm getting almost wiped out even though I have, like, level 90 and 100 Pokemon, and they're, like, level 70, and they're, like, wiping me out. I'm like, how? How are they doing that? So, if you bought the DLC, you'll probably enjoy it, but it could have been a lot better. Mm -hmm. I'm just being honest. Mm -hmm. So, with that, 
we will now head into the news. Because even though it's almost holiday season, there has been some interesting pieces of news. So, it's time to go down the warp pipe. And first, we're going to talk about Will's favorite person in the world, Hideki Kamiya. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you don't get that joke, you need to rewatch all of our la old episodes. All of them. Every single one. <laughs> I mean, the fact that now Kamiya is now uh, now officially away from Platinum Games, maybe I can actually go and join him this time around, or maybe not. I don't know. Well, I mean, are you still blocked on Twitter? Uh, I haven't checked, and likely uh, I probably still am. Probably. So, and now because of that, they won't listen to our past episodes. Thanks a lot, Will. This is why I'm the host. <laughs> All right. So, as you might recall, a little while ago, Hideki Kamiya left uh, Platinum Games, and he is on a current one year, kid you not, one year no compete clause so he's been doing interviews and his own youtube series to copy sakurai because of course he would um he demands a menace but uh <laughs> one of the questions he was asked was about why did he leave platinum games and we finally got an answer and here's what he said quote my work with platinum games was based on a relationship of trust within the company I decided to leave because I felt that the direction the company was heading in was different from my beliefs as a developer. Without the element, without that element of trust, I couldn't continue working there, and so I left so that I could continue working in what I considered to be the right way. I don't think of games as products, but rather as works of art. I want to put my artistry into games and deliver games that could only be made by Hideki Kamiya, and so that players can enjoy Hideki Kamiya games exactly as they are. I decided to leave the company and forge my own path to continue making games that reflect the developers that who made them, end quote. And Will had an interesting insight into what this meant. Will, why don't you take it away? Well, because if you remember way back, like many months prior, remember when Tencent actually acquired shares in the Platinum Company? Yes. And it just slowly has been changing ever since then. Because, like, uh, if everyone knows the birth of Platinum Games, again, it was made from former Clo ex -Clo Clover Studios people, Kamiya and everyone else in entirely. And, yeah, made great games like Bayonetta, like Mad World, a Anarchy Reigns, all these unique titles. Some good, some not good. But, again, they were unique titles. But ever since then... It like, it was more of an artistry, again, getting away from Capcom back then, who was like, again, they, they canned at Clover Studios. But now, as the years goes on, again, Tencent got its hands on it. It feels like that Platinum Games has been going more corpo, if anything else. And it kind of like slowly heading to the dark side. And I don't know, I would say, I don't know, going to a slightly Activision Blizzard. I mean, not to that extent, but going to that route. And that's why I feel that that's the reason why Kamiya left. Because, as you said, he gave his reason. He wants these things as art. He doesn't just want to make a, an annual or, like, for the sake of profit, like, <laughs> like Bayonetta 3 or, like, something just to help satisfy the stockholders and sort of. So I think that's kind of the majority reason why Kamiya left, that Platinum Games is going more corporal rather than what it was, it was in, in when it first was created. Yeah. Um... You know, and I, and I forgot that Will that Tencent had bought a part of uh, Platinum. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I wrote the article. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> oh, oh, I wrote the article. Uh, this is why I am an expert on the subject. Shut up. Well, excuse me, dear host. <laughs> I I was giving you a compliment, and you took it to. Of course, I never thought I wrote the article. 
Do you, want to, well, do you see me talking about all the articles I have written, Will, including the yes. articles we're talking about right now? <laughs> that would take all day. No. You dang right. <laughs> anyway. Um, but I can understand that, and especially with the state of gaming as it is right now, especially a certain leak, if you recall what happened mm. to Somniac, you know, it's hard for developers right now. And with everything going on with like the buyouts and questions of budgets and everything, the idea of gaming integrity from both the creator standpoint and the gamer standpoint has never been more in question. I know that sounds odd with like some of the great games we've had this year, but think about the ones that we also had this year that weren't, up to our standards or should not have been up to gamers or the developer standards and yet still were released you know redfall to start <laughs> or even, even someone with, with the pokemon dlc um you know i can understand kamiya saying i need to make games that i know i can be proud of without you know corporate overlording which has hurt how many developers i mean keith you were on our discord you were ra raving in the good way about uh what the Embracer group has done to developers. Don't and talk to me about the Embracer group. Uh, <laughs> feel his God. anger, folks. Feel the anger. Even I can feel it from here. Yeah. Feel it. Those, those people have done nothing but ruin people's livelihood, had entire companies shut down, have had people lose their jobs because morons decided to spend money that they didn't have in their own freaking pockets. I mean, guys, who does that? in the sense of millions of dollars who does that now the c corp jerks aren't doing anything about it they're not being penalized meanwhile everybody else is gone that's not fair ah see you got me talking about it <laughs> right, I, then, I get people to talk whether they like it or not <laughs> right, right right let's not forget what they did to revolution as well rest in peace yeah that mm -hmm. still hurts Yes. Yeah, so see, Jeff Keighley, it wasn't a great year in gaming for some people. Oh, that guy, Jeff Keighley, has no idea. He, nope. You talk about corpos? He's a corpo. He's a uh, a yes man. He's yep. a monkey in the business suit getting money <laughs> handed to him. That's what he is. <laughs> Tell us how you truly feel. <laughs> he, you know, he has no idea how this industry is run anymore. The fact that he's right smack in the middle of it. It still fumes me to this day that this guy who says, this is a celebration of gaming and we're here to talk about games, couldn't take out 10 minutes to say, hey, guys, we know it's crappy. We're with you. We understand. We feel you. No, let's talk about Kojima in a game that hasn't even been, has not even in development yet. Yep. Mm -hmm. oh, this game is so great. What is it? Oh, it's a <laughs> we can't say that. Heads. <laughs> what? Remember to go read my opinion article about the Game Awards. I'd really appreciate it. It's really good. I would know. I wrote it. So, <laughs> you know, as much as I love Anthony Mackie, he didn't need to be there. Yeah. And him telling people to shut up, like, you shut up, you shut up. Why are you doing this? No, you shut up, man. This was supposed to be for gaming, yeah. not for Hollywood people. No. I, I, you know, none, half the stuff that was there should not have been there. Mm -hmm. This so is why I'm not a fan of the Game Awards show. I give, granted, we cover it because it's our space, but I hate the fact that now that E3 is going, everybody's like, well, I guess he's taking over. Well, you need to think about this. This is not a good thing. Nope. This is not a good alternative. Nope. Mm -hmm. so, but yeah, so I can understand with Kamiya, him, his desire to say, hey, I can see where this is going. I can see where it's going with the gaming industry. I don't want to be a part of it. And I, I can respect that. I really can. So. Yeah, it's I'll give props to Kamiya for that. Like he still has that archer vision, even though he is the troll that he is. But again, he, <laughs> if anything else, he is dedicated to his craft. I mean, 
heck, I'll, I'll probably even put him in leagues like with Suda51 or heck, even Kojima himself. So they are our chairs in the industry, thankfully. All right. Next up, we have A.G. Anuma. He's still talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one is actually really cool. We got we have one insight into a spinoff game we're not going to get with Legend of Zelda and some key insights into some Tears of the Kingdom lore that you might have n not have noticed before. First, with the uh, not spinoff we're getting. I mean, who didn't love Mario Maker, right? I mean, they made two of them, sold millions. And I'm thinking, <laughs> why aren't we getting Legend of Zelda Maker? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, according to Ojima, quote, when we were creating games like Tears of the Kingdom, I think it's important that we don't make creativity a requirement. Instead, we put things into the game that encourage people to be creative and give them the opportunity to be creative without forcing them to. There are people who want the ability to create from scratch, but that's not everyone. But I think everyone delights in the discovery of finding your own way through a game. And that is something we tried to make sure was included in Tears of the Kingdom. There isn't one right way to play. If you are a creative person, you have the ability to go down that path. But that's not what you have to do. You are able, also able to proceed in the game in many other different ways. And so I don't think it would be a good fit for Legend of Zelda to necessarily require people to build things from scratch and force them to be creative, end quote. So yeah. No, no Zelda maker for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I would like to see that pos like that in one f alternate future, like having a Zelda maker of sorts. I can definitely understand his reasoning why it wouldn't be. It's it, it's definitely to that to those uh, points. And here's another way of thinking about it: Mario Maker is for you to create two D style Mario levels, which is great. They don't give you the ability to make 3D, like actual 3D perspective levels, because that would that would be weird, <laughs> and that would take quite a long time. The the 2D style, the 2D platforming style, works for a maker game. That doesn't necessarily work for Zelda. And then, if you recall, with Link's Awakening remake on the Switch, they did that block dungeon maker thing, and no one really talks about that, do they? <laughs> How dare! How dare! I, mean, I heard it was like fine, you know, but it wasn't like, oh wow, we gotta go do the the Zelda dungeon builder thing. No, they they didn't do that at all. So that that says a lot. And I I would rather them put all their focus into a big, you know, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom style thing versus, you know, hey, let's make try and make this weird spinoff that might appeal to everybody. <laughs> Just saying. All right. And then for Tears of the Kingdom, he gave some insight into Rauru and why everything happened the way it did. Uh, for example, how was Rauru able to imprison Ganondorf? Well, quote, in that cutscene, Rauru uses sealing power to draw out Ganondorf's magic from his heart and purify it. The released purified magic became a spiral of light. Also, this has to do with the lore of Hyrule Castle, but the original Hyrule Castle was not at that location. We see Gandorf sealed right under the place of Hyrule Castle in our hero's time, which was the best location to keep him sealed. It's like a dragon vein, and Hyrule Castle is one part of the barrier that helped release uh, Raro's purification of evil magic, end quote. Yeah, I forgot that, that Hyrule Castle wasn't there originally, and they literally moved the entire kingdom, basically, after Rauru's death and Gandor's sealment to make a dragon vein to keep <laughs> Gandor sealed up. That's commitment, people. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, it's just basically regarding to the details, and yeah, I, I, I only imagine how it is in in like the back rooms of the Zelda team. Like, yeah, okay, like we put in this, like add more to the details. Just like yeah, from Raru's uh, taking out Ganondorf, and actually all this like extra details, like you build on top of it. Like, please, I, I could only imagine what goes into the minds. Yeah, and then. Uh, as for why Ganondorf was released, remember, Calamity Ganon, totally different, Calamity Ganon destroyed the castle, and that weakened the barriers and the dragon vein, and thus Ganondorf was slowly able to recuperate. And that's why we only saw Raru's arm on Ganondorf at that point when they found him, and because the magic had been drained away. So that was that. And then they're like, wait a minute, what about the rest of the shrines? Why were those there? Oh, I can answer that too. Ahem. Quote, the shrines themselves were built before Rauru founded before Rauru founded Hyrule, easy for me to say. Uh, before the Demon King Gandorf appeared, there were still a lot of evil beings. Well, there were still a lot of evil beings. So Rauru and Sonia went around various places to calm things down. Shrines are placed above where a demon was destroyed so it will not reappear. This is why the spiral of light emerges from the shrine. Therefore, bathing in the remaining power of the shrine slightly cleanses Link of the demon magic, end quote. That's detail. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's detail that's pretty cool i like that because i was wondering like where did these shrines come from i need to know <laughs> I hey, whatever works man but yeah i wish i could have been in that lore meeting like hey what why did they have shrines well there had to be bad things before ganondorf right i mean you can't be the only evil in hyrule and i like that <laughs> no. oh. all right and we'll be here next week for for uh, the next things that A.G. Inuma says. Because clearly he <laughs> likes talking last week. <laughs> I know you weren't here for last week's show, Keith, but he had like three different articles all to himself, all about the things he said about Tears of the Kingdom and Legend of Zelda. He just kept talking. Totally not like someone I know. Hint. Talking about <laughs> By who? Talking about who? Tell. Talking about tell. All right. Uh, next up. Hey, who wants to hear the origins of Detective Pikachu? <laughs> Okay. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, this all starts with a Nintendo developer's obsession. I mean, passion for Danny DeVito. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that explains way too much. <laughs> <laughs> Would that have been hilarious though, if Ashley was like, hey, let's just make a Pikachu sound like Danny DeVito? <laughs> I'm just... You could convince me that was true, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know I could have. I already had you going with the whole passion obsession thing. So it, 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 some of you guys are not hard to sell things on. <laughs> um, and yes, that's an insult. All right, so this came from. First of all, it needs to be clear here that wasn't technically the Pokemon Company or Game Freak that made this game. It was Creatures Inc., who are one of the side companies for the Pokemon Company, who are responsible for basically every spin-off game you know. So like uh, Pokemon Tales, Pokemon Ranger, the Poke Park series, and they're the ones who made Detective Pikachu. And uh, let's see, it was uh, Hiroyuki Janai said. Quote, after development finished on Poke Park, when we thought about the kind of game we want to make next, we set our sights on creating an adventuring game, which had not been done for Pokemon spin-off titles yet. However, just trying to create a normal one didn't seem very interesting. While, while considering various ideas, we thought of adding some spice to it with the element of a talking middle-aged man Pikachu. <laughs> and that led to the creation of Detective Pikachu. <laughs> okay! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, middle-aged Danny DeVito talking-esque Pikachu is spice to the people of Creatures, Inc. 
What a world we live in. Nah, there are all nah, kinds nah. of people out there. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, let me just let me just break this down in in a certain way. If I say to you, hey, let's make a Pokemon game with like some extra zest or spice, you might think, oh, what if we did like a really dark Pokemon title where there they really are monsters and attacking the humans? Like, oh, that's a great idea. Hey, what if we have you know, we're from Japan, it's sorry to be this kind of guy, but hey, we're from Japan, let's have this kind of character. Totally like not what they did with Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> you know, that that kind of thing. Okay, yeah, that's spice, that's interesting. And the, the third guy in like the meme goes, Hey, why don't we have a middle aged coffee drink of Pikachu? But instead of being thrown out the window, he gets hugged and raised on a platform and given awards because that is spice question mark. I mean, where's the lie here, people? Like, how did they go from, hey, let's make a Pokemon adventure title that never been done before, and go, yeah, but it needs to have a coffee-drinking, middle-aged-sounding Pikachu. How is that the first thought? I mean, when you think of coffee, you think of old growth people, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Wow, and, Will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, as, a, as a guy who has a middle-aged father who drinks coffee, I don't think of him when I think of my adventure stories. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's a great man don't get me wrong and he drinks his coffee like a couple cups he boils it at like 4 30 in the morning because he has to get really early for work you know i don't think of him as adventurous i think of him as like i don't know bob the builder <laughs> uh... <laughs> can we carpet it yes we can he lays down flooring um and he's good at it but you know i don't think of that as like adventure you know uh I don't even think I have a person in my family compared to an adventurer type, you know? <laughs> I mean, I got a Breaking Bad character in my mother because she makes drugs. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you're allowed to say that over enough. <laughs> I am. Someone, someone was cooking here, guys. <laughs> I got in trouble for school for telling people that. <laughs> but that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, my mom had a fun talk at the principal. <laughs> anyway... But then no, the principal asked for some. No. <laughs> no, I mean, I know that everyone has a, a different perspective. We've proven that here on the podcast infinite amount of times. But how do you go to, from Adventure Gate to middle aged coffee or co middle aged sounding coffee drinking Pikachu? And honestly, oh, uh, the mind of the creative process—you never find out. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and I, I'll never forget how my, one of my one of my best comic series came because of a Facebook meme. So I mean, I guess inspiration comes from anywhere. But still, <laughs> and I wouldn't even say that Detective Pikachu is an adventure game. I mean, not really. Uh, I won't lose. It, it, it's more of a point and click, a, yeah, point and click puzzler kind of. Yeah. yeah, like that. Yeah, the loosest kind of adventure game where you click around and talk to people and hope you get the answers you seek. So, I'm not judging. Okay, maybe a little bit, but <laughs> the, th the, the the more you know, right? <laughs> X the details, <laughs> like, okay, I didn't need to know that, but fine. <laughs> and they did say that though there is not a plan for a third game, they are up for it. And remember last week's episode, they are also up for an Ace Attorney crossover. This is real, Keith. They, the, the team by Detective Pikachu wants to do a crossover with Phoenix Wright. They want Pikachu to actually learn what a real detective is. No. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I want to see Detective Pikachu and Gumshoe interact with one another. <laughs> just, the, just the conversations would be hilarious. And clearly Keith is so stunned because he hasn't reacted to this at all despite me calling him out by name. 
I'm face bombing right now, actually. <laughs> if you see me right now. Yeah. And I actually told Scott a legit way that they could cross over the universes via a Pokemon that there does exist. So I've already got the company's back on this. I already know a story of what line that could help Phoenix get into the Pokemon world or Apollo, should they decide. So just saying, I'm available for hiring. <laughs> All right, next up. Okay, this is a fascinating story. And it comes from, wait for it, Masahiro Sakurai. <laughs> yep. So he did another one of his great, great, great videos. Seriously, if you we, we talk about it a lot on this show, but if you're not watching his series, you're really missing out. He has such a wonderful insight into gaming as a whole. So you really should check it out. But this last one had a really almost throwaway line that could have drastically changed Super Smash Brothers had it gone uh had it gotten made. He was talking about tutorials and how game designers and developers should think about how to train the player in their games and a, a thing that we have seen many different times in many different ways of course but he revealed at the end that for super smash brothers ultimate he tried to implement a quote hands-on mode to try and teach player techniques you know like the more advanced styles of combat that the tournament goers love to use and beat new <laughs> totally don't have experience with that thanks tyler um curse you tyler i've never beaten tyler's smash brother scott not once no it's sad uh it's it's bad it's it's really bad I, i'm not i'm not a slouch especially with blink and ike anyway but he said we had to let it go to the projects and schedules needs and he actually says that this was his biggest regret in the game he really wished that he could have put this training mode into super smash brothers ultimate and hey that's fascinating considering all the stuff that he's already admitted the game had like changed or cut out and whatever but for a training mode to be the thing that he regrets the most shows how passionate he is about this one area of game design and i love that mm, yeah like for masahiro sakurai to just like wanting to like as to teach the players and like because like for anybody who has played fighting games that like, you you see like tutorials like that they teach you like advanced maneuvers like in like i don't know bb tech street fighter or like good gear all, all those uh, training modes like it, it it all teaches you like it, the button props and all that so it, uh, i can only imagine how it is if uh, sakurai actually had the time to actually implement that kind of tutorial so that they teach you like advanced techniques like that in fighting games so yeah it's <laughs> it, it, as i said it going to shows that sakurai really does wanting to really give the best experience possible but again the fact that it was just not enough time is like that sad I, i'm just curious about what it would have like been like you know, like how how it would have been done because clearly he would have like refined this to the nth degree, like everything else he did on Super Smash Brothers. Mm -mm. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. He yeah. he would just like yeah. Okay, let's do like uh, okay, we go frames, we go completely hitboxes <laughs> and all that. Like yeah, I would be surprised if we go full full on Harada if anything else. Yeah. So I I feel like I missed out because again I'm no slouch, but I really probably could have benefited from it and I might have had a chance. Might have had a chance to be Tyler. Maybe. Are you saying that you could have been a contender? <laughs> oh, like I, I could have been a contender, but now I'm a bum. Anyway, yeah, I know, I know, Raging Bull. Nice try, Will. Thank you very much, Robert De Niro. Uh, based on true story. Uh, so next up, this is actually got two more pieces of Smash Brothers news. One, there is a rumor going around that Bandai Namco is hiring for the next Super Smash Brothers game. For the record. 
This is a rumor. <laughs> okay. Rumor. 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 Again. Ah. Rumor. That is a very, very uh, unbelievable rumor. Is very unbelievable. Yeah, but people would want to dream. People want to dream. <laughs> nice to dream. I would know. Mine are my dreams are broken all the time. Anyway, and Dynamico has moved on, folks. They have <laughs> other things they're working on. <laughs> well, I, there's no <clears> doubt <throat> of that, including one of me Tekken, obviously. But uh, no. So the, the the reason they the people were saying this was that there was a very vague job listing citing like fighting arenas and a 2D space and whatever, and it was like, oh, this has to be Smash Brothers. Tekken's technically 2D fighting space. Yeah. Just They've got a bunch of arena fights. They've also got that, uh, uh, was it, Jujutsu fighting game coming out, too. So, they got a lot of arena games coming out. Yeah. yeah. And I, mean, don't get me I wrong. wish they would stop that. <laughs> yeah, Bandai Namco and their anime licenses, uh, license games is like, yeah, that's, so it's crazy. their uh, Call of Duty, if anything else. Seriously, yeah. give us some JRPG anime games. <laughs> Hey, we're, we're available for hiring. Just saying. <laughs> but so yeah, and, and here's another reason for you to to kind of doubt this is that Sakurai has already said that he probably he would need to be in the next Smash Brothers game, but he said multiple times that he does not know if another one is being made. Yes, the next console, which we do not have a rumor about this week, thank God, uh, is coming. But it was already very doubtful that there's going to be a Smash Bros. game like the next two years just because Sakurai has already admitted he's not working on the next one right now. But just because of that big job listing by Bandai Namco doesn't mean it's going to happen right away. All right? It, will it happen? Yeah, it probably will. I mean, again, it's the best-selling fighting game of all time by like leaps and bounds. Yes, do they people want? Do they want money? Of course they want money. Of course <laughs> they'll be. It won't be. Uh, it's just depending on the quality and like yeah. yeah. Again, you gotta have Sakurai, but even Sakurai doesn't know himself if he's gonna be directing or not. Like he says so many times over it in his videos. So yeah, he he's hinted more at a Kid Icarus remake <laughs> than he has about Super Smash Brothers getting another title. So take that as you will. So again, <laughs> as we as we say every other week on the show, until you hear from Nintendo, it's just a rumor. Just saying. Mm-hmm. But wait, we got another rumor for you. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! This is this is the big one, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, there is a insider who has been credible in the past that says that right now Illumination is making a special pitch to Nintendo. Okay, it's not surprising. Remember, this is the team behind the Super Mario Brothers movie, which made a billion, gets nominated for awards, and yes, we'll get to that award snub in a second. But the pitch specifically states that they're trying to make a Nintendo shared universe that will end in a Super Smash Brothers movie. Huh. Yep, we're going there. And I it's yeah. Yeah, that idea, like, if anything else, if it can be made, is it, I would argue that it probably it would blow away the, D, the MCU and DCU clear out of the water, if anything else. But that's a massive undertaking. And, like, yes, we had the Mario movie doing great. We, and we have, again, the Pikachu movies also did pretty decently. And Sonic doing greatly as well. So, yeah. If they want to like do these like, extra movies, like how many licenses series is in Smash Bros. universe? Too many. This too it many. would be a colossal mess, is what it would be. They would need to start this and then 
plan this out for the next 10 years just to get everybody accumulate with the characters and build up the plot lines and then have them meet where okay now it's a giant colossal fight let's go yeah like it feels like a 10 or even 20 years it feels like a project undertaking if anything else yeah yeah and and i've already seen a whole bunch of discourse online online about should they do this could they do this and my problem with it is this one does not simply create a shared universe Okay. <laughs> I mean, think about, and I'm, I'm going to use a whole bunch of examples here. Think about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Think about the DCEU. Think about the MonsterVerse, like the Godzilla King Kong. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Or uh, the Monsters Universe, where like what they were going to try to do with the Mummy, the Invisible Man, Frankenstein, et cetera, et cetera. That went far. Yeah, it went one movie. <laughs> it went one movie, and like, hey, but they had a plan. Yeah, but if you, the moment you hit a stumbling block. It's bad, all right? Now, Marvel got away with some things in the early onsets because, remember, Iron Man did great. Incredible Hulk, not so much. Captain America was uh, decent at the box office. It was a great movie. I still think that's an underrated MCU film. But uh, they still had enough fame and success so that they could build it up to do Avengers when that finally came around in 2012, right? That was 2012, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, of course, that was, like, the biggest thing ever. So, you know, they were able to get away with that. This is a very different thing. I'm still blown away that Mario got a billion dollars. That's just the truth. But you could say, oh, it got that way because it's Mario. And that's Yeah, exactly. Different. Yeah, that that's the reason why it did so well. Yeah. Not because it was not because it was Mario, aka generic video game character. It was Mario like, hey, I played this when I was this young. Hey, <laughs> my kids are playing this game now. Everybody knows who Mario is. Yeah. He is literally like the most popular character in the world outside of like maybe Mickey Mouse. So, and even then, like there, there were some polls that said Mario is more popular than Mickey Mouse, which I'm sure Disney just loves. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can we buy, can we buy Nintendo? Is that possible? Anyway, um, then they won't pay their writers either. Oh, okay. Maybe Kingdom Hearts actually might be on the Switch that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> And I was Wait, so you don't see you're, you you got it wrong. The most popular character in the world is Santa Claus. That's why we're getting all <laughs> these silly Santa Claus movies now. Like Santa Claus is a killer, and oh, I mean, my if that's the case, then what about Winnie the Pooh? Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez, when that thing went full. Let's not go down this rabbit hole. Okay? <laughs> that was that was crazy. Anyway, so my my big problem with this is that, as Keith noted, the appeal of Mario is that he's been around for decades, and his games are so numerous that you understand his appeal, whether you're our age or whether you're a newer gamer and like just playing Odyssey or Wonder for the first time. You know, there's that generational gap. Like, oh yeah, I love this, so my kids will love this. Can you really say that in terms of both the numbers and the popularity about like, I don't know, Metroid or Star nope. Fox? Metroid, or... Zelda, Donkey Kong. Well, Zelda and Donkey Kong, you could make a certain argument for, especially since Donkey Kong was in the Mario movie. Right, okay, okay. okay. And Zelda, we know Zelda's going to have a live-action movie, so is that going to tie into Smash Brothers? Because that would be weird. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't even want to imagine how that's going to work. Exactly. So I would like, I would say they'd have to make an animated Zelda movie to you know coincide with this shared universe. And then the question is, okay, you're doing Smash Brothers. How many characters are you going to have in there? Because you can't do... Remember, when Avengers came around, they didn't introduce any new Avengers. Every character had been there, big or small, since the beginning. Yes, even Hawkeye. 
And we also have, they did to Hawkeye, so, you know, make that, <laughs> think of that what you will. But they didn't just say, like, oh, here's these other Avengers that you've never heard of, you know, get used to it. They would have to do that for Smash Brothers because of the size of the roster. Even if they do, like, like 64, Mario, uh, Smash 64, yeah, the six, basic roster. Six, yeah, 64, yeah. or even, like, parts of Melee, because of the characters they have introduced already. That's still a lot of characters that you have to get into one film and make a connection to. Um like I would, let's see. Obviously, Mario, Luigi, Peach, Donkey Kong, Bowser, Link, Zelda. I won't put Sheik. Uh, Yoshi. <laughs> uh, see, Ice Climbers. You can do Ice Climbers. Like who? Who actually knows about the Ice Climbers? Or yeah. Captain Falcon. <laughs> you know, Martha Ike. Ness. Ness. How you gonna? How you gonna do? Oh my gosh, are we gonna do get an Earthbound movie? Like, are you kidding? We're gonna get a new Earthbound movie. Before we get anything else with Earthbound. Before Mother Three. Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get a Mother movie before Mother Three. Like, are you kidding me? Oh my gosh, what that? What if that's how we get it? Oh no. The movie gets is so good that they it forces Nintendo to say, hey, maybe we should do the Mother Three port or remake. Oh, to dream, but. There's so many questions that you would have to answer about this. And then, of course, the question is, what is a Super Smash Brothers movie like? <laughs> because is it just them fighting? Is it about them coming together to beat Master Hand and Crazy Hand? Do you try and do something with, like, Taboo or the World of Light storyline? Um, like, how do you make it work? There is a size from just again, you it's basically a toy box. Like, yeah. again, Smash Bros. is essentially a toy box. Like, you just like put on like Death Battle, you just put them together just for the sake of it. There really is no coherent, uh, significant story aside from what Sakurai has made, like Yakaleem, all that, yada yada. But yeah, there really is no like major plot point story, it's just a toy box. Yeah, so there's so many questions here, and for the record, again. This is a rumor. <laughs> we don't know if this is really happening. And people are saying, oh, this is, you know, this was it this was inevitable. This was inevitable. But no, it really wasn't. And as I noted in my article about this, we would prefer an anime. <laughs> an anime in the style of the Palutena trailer. Where we yeah, an animated film do nicely, yes. Yeah. Or or series, you know, to actually flesh it out more, you know. There's there there are levels to this, all right. There there are levels to this, and as Will said, how long would it take to get the Super Smash Brothers movie? Because okay, we have Mario now, Zelda's in the works. Let's just say the live action movie is actually part of this universe. Sonic Three is coming out next uh, next year, I believe. Yeah, Sonic. Yeah. And do, there, there's another question: Do we get the crossover characters? Do we get Solid Snake? Do we get Cloud and Sora and Bayonetta? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a license nightmare. Yeah, are we going oh, no. to get Bayonetta? Oh my gosh, the hilarity of that um, in so many ways. That's a, that's an instant PG-13 rating right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fact that we did have a Bayonetta a dedicated movie at with Bloody Fate, so yeah. Yeah, but that was... that Was just, uh, was that R, though? Wasn't that R? Uh, I mean, it was from like it was way many years backwards, so it, it was it was probably I think maybe yeah. Either way, either way. Um. Oh, that was a that was a radar. Oh yeah. That's what I thought. So, like, <laughs> they did. They, they didn't hold back on that. That was yeah, no, no, no. Hard. They did not hold back. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. But 
how how big are they going to make it? How long is it going to take to get it done? Because remember, it took a long time just to get the Mario Brothers movie. And obviously, that wait worked. Okay? It did. But can we say that for every single character that they're going to try and make successful to get this movie made? And again, Ice Climbers, Captain Falcon, Star Fox. You know, the ones that we know. But I would kill for a Star Fox movie. Just a Star Fox movie. Oh yeah, I w- and I would. I've been. Uh, you weren't here for that episode, Keith, but I would love an anthology series style of Fire Emblem where they do a season to every single game. Like that would be so boss. But I don't think we'll get it, and I don't know how many people would actually watch it, even with great quality. So, ah, but this is actually something I don't want. <laughs> Yeah, like it seems maybe a bit too overly ambitious, but it would be nice and maybe in a utopia world. But yeah, at the moment right now, yeah, maybe it's going too close to the sun. Yeah, I mean, right now, making first of all, right now, just making a live action Legend of Zelda movie is a big risk. And now you're saying, <laughs> yes. hey, we're going, we're thinking 10 years down the road when we're going to have a Super Smash Brothers movie. We don't even know where we're, we're going to be in 10 years. We might not even <laughs> be here in 10 years, okay? <laughs> Okay, we, people don't seem to realize how lucky and time-specific and quality the MCU was at the beginning to get the universe that is now failing, all right? They were on a high for, what, 11, 12 years? Something like Something that. Something like that, like consistent quality, very rare miss. Even the misses weren't, like, bad movies. And then after Endgame, you started seeing all the failings because they didn't have the plan. Mm-hmm. The plant wasn't there anymore. Oh, we had the multiverse saga. You didn't know about that, though. And you certainly didn't talk about it in Facebook. <laughs> okay, you, we all know the truth. And then you teased so much, and then you just kept pulling the rug out of out from under the fans, looking at you, multiverse of madness, or as I like to call it, multiverse of madness. <laughs> or don't get me started on Thor: Love and Thunder. <laughs> it's like there, 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 there's my don't get me started topic, Keith. <laughs> you know you know how I felt about that? Faith certainly knows how I felt about that. You know, <laughs> I never thought that they should have made Thor a comedy lovable movie. No. No. Not at all. No. We went from Thor to Thor 2. Mm. Yeah. And then... Thor to, Thor to Boar. <laughs> then, like, what, what happened here? Taika Waititi. <laughs> That's yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. It's the truth! And, was, and then he, and then he like made fun of his own movie, like kept saying like, "Oh, I didn't do this, I didn't do that," and like you know we cut all this footage out. And like, what the heck were you doing? So, yeah, he literally made fun of the special effects people. You know, the, the special effects people who were getting overworked by Disney and you know being forced to finish movies in less and less time, and thus having bad effects. So, yeah, good job insulting the people who helped make your movie, Taika. Nice job. You know who doesn't do that? Zack Snyder. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> So an interesting news story that I teased earlier is that Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is not done with its story yet. Intriguing. (laughs) (coughs) Sorry. So what's going to happen is that on January 11th, there is going to be a special epilogue content for the game. Now, to get it, you have to beat Teal Mask and Indigo Disc. And in this one, you will go back to Kitakami, and defeat the boss of the Loyal Three. Yeah, you forgot about that, didn't you? Yeah, the Loyal <laughs> Three were blessed with their powers that helped them go, over, go after Ogre Pond. Who gave them that power? You're going to find out. And the 
best part about this epilogue story is that you'll be teaming up with Arvin and Penny and Simona! Good! Yes, Simona, <laughs> the actual rival, the character you actually love to love. Not hate to love, not love to hate, or just is there like Kyrian, you heard me. Like, Nimona, the best character. The character that I regret Ash is never going to meet. All right? It's so sad. It is so sad. And I'm not saying I wanted them to get hitched like I want him and Serena to get hitched, but she would have been a good backup if Serena diaped them. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Call me the Poke matchmaker. <laughs> uh... I'm just saying, like, they would have had battles every day and would have loved each other through every battle. It would have been a beautiful relationship, <laughs> but Serena is still Ash's best fit. Anyway, uh, but yeah. All your BFFs, your true BFFs, you hear me, Karen? True BFFs uh, are coming back to help you with this storyline. And that'll be free content. You don't have to buy it. It's just a free update that'll happen on January 11th. My first thought is, why, would this, why wasn't this included in the Indigo Disc? <laughs> <laughs> this seems like so random. Like, oh, yeah, remember that DLC we gave you last week? Yeah, that's not the end. We said it was the end. <laughs> it wasn't the end. We still got one more thing. Yeah. Start, start yeah. to lose faith in the Pokemon company a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, are they going the route of the MCU? <laughs> no. You're, you're, you're upset because they're saying basically we like money and we want you to keep paying, so we'll keep making. But no, the, but the, this isn't paid. Is it's it not it's, free? No, it's. I'm free. sorry. It's it, it, it's, it is. It's not. It's not paid. No, it's free. No, it's not free. Yeah, it's free. No. Yes. What did you just say? I said it's free. What, how do how do I get to play it? Oh, because you have to buy the DLC. Yay! Okay. <laughs> okay, but you're not buying this specific content. You have... Never mind. I know what you're going for. The epilogue is a, is a free update <laughs> to the DLC. Not the same. Stop trying to... I'm, I'm getting trying... games for free on Xbox Game Pass. Wait, no, but no, you're, you're, paying you're paying for, for it. <laughs> you're paying for the subscription. You're playing it to Phil Spencer's plan. You are the reason that Redfall will exist in 10 years. <laughs> hey, Redfall is actually doing a lot better now. Thank you very much. Finally. Lies. Lies. Oh, it is. slander. Took him six months, but it works now. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just, you know. Yeah, and you know what? That, meant, that just means it should have waited six months before coming out. Oh! Probably. Yeah, <laughs> I totally agree with that. I hate when they do that. Imagine how much better it would have been if they had just waited the six months. But no. Anyway. Oh, but it would have interfered with Starfield. Don't get me started. <laughs> oh, you mean the game of the generation, Starfield? Yeah, right. Yeah. By the way, Starfield was going to have a mod for multiplayer made by some dedicated fans. You know why they didn't make it? Because the game is boring. I don't know. I read that. I don't know if yeah, that's that really true or not. I, I I think it was true, but it's also like apparently the mod was being made like by two people. <laughs> so that's not exactly the best sample. It just thing. takes one of them to get bored. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this game is boring. We have to make this. Nah. I, I never get tired of making fun of Starfield, though. Yeah, and guess what? During my 10-day uh, break, you know what I'm going to play? The actual game of the year, Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> I'm totally playing it for the plot. <laughs> totally. Yep. Just, just the plot. A, a very nicely shaped plot named Carlac. <laughs> she, has, she has so much plot, guys. Yeah. So much. So, so much. Yeah. Just, the problem is you have to make sure you actually find her. <laughs> oh, I, I like finds a way. <laughs> Life finds Carlac for the plot. So it's always fun to see all the Xbox people playing for the first time and realizing they didn't get some people because they didn't realize they had to actually find them. Yeah. I, I you mean I actually have to do work in RPG? Shop. Yeah. <laughs> what a thunk. Yeah. And maybe that's why it's game of the year because it actually makes you work for things. 
All right. Uh, finally, and this is this this is a bit hard to talk about. Um, you might remember last week when we talked about a certain story about how we were like one step closer to a dream of ours that we've been, you know, hyping up for months because we thought we're going to get this. We are totally going to get this. Well, as I said earlier, dreams are meant to be broken because Peaches did not get nominated by the Oscars. It got nominated by the Golden Globes. It did not get nominated by the Oscars. It didn't make the short list. To which I say, how many great songs have been made this year that knocked Peaches off the short list? Okay. So basically, Todd is saying, sweet dreams were made of these. <laughs> these are my salty tears. Uh, my, like, and if I recall correctly, the, the Oscars, they actually have the, the Barbie song, Ken, as, no, as part no, of the No, Will, no. <laughs> no, no. Yep. So, I'm just saying, like, they're, they're willing to have a man doll song, but they won't have a dinosaur song. I, this is bias. This is this is racist. This they is won't. Racist no, no, it's specious. The fact that they won't allow a, 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 a animal, like a, a more or less a giant turtle that is like says to express true love to yeah. his cr crush, rather than that. Like, okay, yeah. maybe because the language is a little bit too close to another um, um, to another lyric, but like, come on, couldn't put in peaches. Jesus, it was, it was fun. Anyway. It was fun explaining that to my wife. She's like, I was like, you know. He's talking about something else. <laughs> it, was, it was so much fun. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? Like, have you ever looked at a peach? <laughs> have you ever? I just want to know, ladies and gentlemen. I I already was weirded out by the song Peaches just because of how Jack Black sung it because he went full Jack Black. But now Will and uh, Keith have corrupted what I thought the song was about. And now I'm never going to be able to think of the song in any other way. Thanks, guys. It's also on YouTube. I'm not the only one. I'm not saying you're the only one. Trust me, I, I know you two probably aren't the only one who have thought of this, but now, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, her name's Peach, you know, Peaches, ah, ha, ha. And now I'm going to think about the other thing that clearly Bowser was singing about. And now I just I... watch it for the story. <laughs> for the plot. For the plot. He, he likes Peach for the plot. There's so much I want to say here, but I don't. I, I can't. I just won't. Uh, I, I'm not going to go full will just yet. Uh, just uh, yet. Just yet. <laughs> We're getting ever closer. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like weirdness by osmosis kind of thing, you know. So it's nature. Uh, remember, I like Carlac for the plot. Anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, now, now I think of a song about Carlac. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's too hot to handle. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Oscars, you failed us once again. Now, for the record, I'm sure that the movie will still be nominated for like best animated film, like that. That's basically undisputed at this point. And if if they, they did, don't get it, I swear, at least get that freaking nomination. That would be well. First of all, they would have to do it because of precedent, because they put Sonic on the best animated movie list like twice. And, and, <laughs> and hold on, that wasn't that wasn't meant to be a joke. That that's just honesty, because you know, and Mario made more than Sonic, and and. That movie is like a hybrid animated film, technically. So this one's a full-on animated movie. So I mean, obviously, it's still gonna lose the Spider Verse. Like that's that. Yeah. Yeah. Good and luck. It, <laughs> it needs to. It needs to. Spider Verse was amazing. Okay. It was. I just loved that movie. It was incredible. It hurts that the second part was supposed to be out in December, and we gotta wait till next year. Yeah. Yeah. We. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Part two. Yeah. 
I was so excited, and they were like, nope, we're delaying it tonight. I was like, no! Yep. Next year. Yeah. But hey, you know, maybe now they'll actually let the workers go home. <laughs> let them leave the studio. This is your once. room yeah. in the dungeon. <laughs> this this is your home now. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I am your family now. <laughs> what if I want to go see my wife? You don't I have am one anymore. <laughs> Here, look, oh, you want to see your wife? Here's a picture of Carlock. No. <laughs> <laughs> You like her for the plot. Uh, <laughs> oh boy! So, I, again, I, I have no doubt that the movie will still be nominated for some things at the Oscars, like best animated feature or whatever. But come on, this 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 movie took over the internet just as much as I'm just Ken. Okay, and that's just the truth. All right. And again, Jack Black sang this at a Jonas Brothers concert. All right, if that ain't viral, <laughs> I don't know. What so, yeah. All right, and with that, we are going to head into our main event, and we were supposed to do this last week, but then we got wrapped up in like the the draft results and everything. Oh yeah, if you didn't hear that, listen to that episode, Keith. We sucked this year at the Nintendo. Yeah. Draft. Got one with two points, but <laughs> one of them was the safest point ever with, with a of a, a Nintendo Switch Pro not getting announced. <laughs> yep. And then he had kind of a lucky answer for another one to get a point. I had two half points because of technically new releases, including in a new F-Zero game. We did get a new F-Zero game, Keith. Technically. We no. Did. Yes. No. Yes. That, no. It was a new game. It was. That is, a, that is a new game in the sense that Resident Evil Remake is a new game. Yeah. Let's not do that. <laughs> I, 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 that was a half a point for me. I, I gave myself a half a point. All right, I still lost though. But um, so, but we're now going to take a little bit of a year in review, uh, just in case we're not here next week for whatever reason. And we're going to talk about our favorite games from Nintendo, from Nintendo alone, gentlemen. <laughs> this year, none. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> and what were their real highlights and everything? So we're going to break this down in a Nintendo discussion. go first because i feel confident in saying that i played the most nintendo switch games this year mainly because i've played 14 and i know will's played like splatoon a lot more than me but that's one game so well nothing nothing will i just i just insulted your splatoon honor i don't get anything really <laughs> i mean yes i have like 700 hours on it but again as yeah. i said as is most of these majority how does splatoon. he have the time scott how does he have the time? i don't know. We're one year apart from each other, and I could not put 700 hours. If you gave me Persona 5 to play over and over again, I, prob I, mean, I probably would have found a way. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> I would have done it for Kiwakami and for Makoto and so on and so forth. But, you know, I mean, it would have been a struggle. So, uh, for the plot. For the, for the plot. Yes. But <laughs> I, I played a lot of great. I played basically every first party Nintendo game this year, with the exception of Pikmin 4. Mm -mm. Uh, I, just, I just never got into Pikmin. I just really didn't. Um, but I heard it was good. I, I'm glad a lot of people bought it. Again, a million sold just in Japan. That's great to hear. But for me, the highlights were... were there were a lot. There were a lot of good highlights this year. There really was. There's there was a lot of good, good amount of choices. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I mean, again, 2023 had so many 
great just just first party titles like this was not the big year for third party titles like no. 2 was but first party rocked it i mean and i'll just start with the beginning one and fire emblem engage yep i mean that mm -hmm. was a true love letter to fire emblem and the the shot of uh, uh alier with all the main characters side by side like from from marth to byleth was just like the coolest shot ever <laughs> All right, and I didn't even play the DLC. I, I honestly never got around to that. For whatever yeah, reason. that thing itself. Yeah, yeah like it's a basic a fan service more or less done right. Just because again, what whatever uh, Fire Emblem Heroes has established since then, and <laughs> yeah, wait, Fire Emblem's a fan service game now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but again, as, as we mentioned back, like way back in prior podcasts, like the fact, like yes, we do get to see these great beloved Fire Emblem staple characters, but the fact they only get like one line of of dialogue, that was it with each support system. Like, come on. Yeah, they they could have they could have done more. Like I, at, at times, definitely felt too simple. But the combat was great. I liked the addition of the rings. Uh, I liked the plot overall, and there were some really fun maps and everything. And just again, just unlocking all the the emblem rings and seeing all these characters like being with one another again and again that shot of Alier with all the avatars was just so cool and it was a fun game and i and i liked playing advanced wars uh reboot camp that was a lot of fun you know i love those kind of strategy games even though at times it was really really hard uh, like seriously like the last level for the first game took me like two hours to beat it was really hard but a wonder Wonder was amazing. Uh, Zealand Chronicles 3 Future Redeemed was amazing. Uh, I'll even give shout outs to Scarlet and Violet for the DLC. You know, they, it had some good points and again, reestablished why open world Pokemon is the way to go in the future. Just gotta, you know, have less bugs, <laughs> polish it, polish <laughs> refinement. Don't go the way of Redfall. Uh, <laughs> my, obviously, my game of the year is, of course. Pikmin 4. Uh, yes, I know it didn't the play. The one game you didn't play. The, I know. That, that's why I'm playing it. That's why I'm nominating it, Scott, because clearly it is so great, despite the fact that I haven't played it, that it deserves my love. And respect. No, I'm just joking. Uh, it's obviously Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> that was my most played game of the year by a, by a good margin. Um, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. The way that Nintendo and Eiji and Numa and Ubiyashi took Breath of the Wild and said, okay, let's crank it up to like 12. All right, screw 11, we're going to 12. You know, there was so much in there. And I know that much like with Breath of the Wild, I barely scratched the surface of all you could do in there. I mean, I was looking for the side quests for the other things to do and trying to tackle everything, uh, to do the sky sky islands and the depths and all of that. And I had a lot of fun. And I know I could have done more if I had the time. I didn't. But <laughs> I could dive back into it and have a lot of fun, probably Feel like i had a different experience with what you could build the ultra hand infuse ability i was like is this really gonna work and it's just like oh what can i do next with it it was so much fun my only regret i only had two gripes the first was the diamond glitch i could never get it to work consistently it sucked <laughs> and then I, when I then eventually they fixed it like right after i started getting it and so i was like but i i was starting to get good i was getting diamonds <laughs> Yeah, like if you f solve your your financial problems, then yeah, it, 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 that's one worry off the list. Even though it may be quote unquote cheating, but eh. hey, sometimes life hands you cheat codes. All right, that's just how it works. And then of <laughs> course the second gripe is the Koroks, burn in a fiery pit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the 
fact they also just bring him back the second time around with the same award is just like, jeez. Yeah. Ah, and like now, and the weird thing is, is that in Breath of the Wild, you needed to have that extra space. You felt like you needed it. Whereas in this game, I didn't feel the need. Like if I happened to come across one, I would be like begrudgingly do it. Versus the last one, where I'm like, oh maybe that's a Korok because I need the more I need more seeds. I didn't feel like I need that massive inventory space like I did in Breath of the Wild, which I'm glad. Because I hated having to keep looking for the dang Koroks in Breath of the Wild just to get that one extra expansion slot. So, but Breath of the Wild was just so grand and beautiful and was totally robbed of the game. Okay, I won't say that. I won't say that. I, haven't I said it in my <laughs> opening speech, yes. I know, and I know a lot of people feel that way. And like in other sites, like the game's been cleaning up in awards, except for the PlayStation Awards, weirdly enough. I wonder why Nintendo games were nominated in the PlayStation Awards. I wonder. Uh, <laughs> also, their game of the year was Marvel Spider-Man 2. So you did win something, buddy! You did win something! But the game was so much fun, and I loved the storyline with Zelda and establishing her true legend in the game. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And I know that we're not getting a, a third game in this series, and that's fine because it makes me just excited. Like This is what they did with this system. What are they going to be able to do with the next system with even better graphics, with even better processing power, with knowing, okay, this was really cool. How can we make that better without making it feel the same? And I trust them to do that. All right. I don't expect them to make, you know, uh, Star Zelda Field or whatever. <laughs> We're going to go to the moon, Link. There's nothing here. I know, but that's the experience, Link. That's the experience. I mean, we did, technically did have a UFO in the concept bar, so don't write it off true. just yet. This is true. Okay, that, that is true. And that, would, that would be interesting. How would that work, though? I don't know. Uh, but, I, but I would trust them. I trust Eiji Onuma and Fubayashi and all the others to say, okay, we're going to have aliens in the game next. How do we make that work? And I know they'll do it. That's how much faith I have in them. So, yeah, de there are some great games, both big and DLC. And, and uh, shout out to the third parties like uh, uh, Square Enix for, uh, yeah, Octopath. Octopath came, Octopath Travel 2 came out this year. Yes, it did. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> it feels like forever. Yeah, and it wasn't a Switch exclusive this time, so, you know, it, it feels slightly diminished. And that's just the truth. But like, that was a great game. Uh, Star Ocean, the second story R. I had fun with that. Although I didn't want Claude and Ray to get together. Thanks a lot, Square Enix. Um, <laughs> you know what you did, okay? I like look look at look at Reyna and look at Carlock and tell me which one has plot. All right. <laughs> <laughs> one of them has plot. Uh, that was fun. And of course, Bayonetta, um, the curse. Uh, dang it, Bayonetta, Bayonetta. Lost Demon. Demon. Oh, yeah, the Bayonetta Origins Lost Demon. Like that was a fun game. That was so different. You know, I love the fairy tale aesthetic. It was really great stuff. So there was a lot to enjoy. And I'm actually a little sad going into 2024 because as we established last week, I don't know the games I'm looking forward to outside of Thousand Year Door. Mm, yeah. Just yeah. wonder what, again, and also, I mean, to some extent, even like uh, Princess Peach, that Princess Peach game, like to to some people's interest, which I am personally want to see just because, again, it's a Princess Peach game, so why not? But as I said, like there is so much unknown regarding to next year of for Nintendo. We just don't know what what are they cooking. So yeah, it's completely unknown. Yeah. So I think it was a good it was a very fun year for Nintendo. We'll probably grade them next next week if we do the show. But it was a fun year and I hope I have as memorable a year in twenty twenty four. We'll see. Uh Will, how about you go next? Yeah, like 
I've personally just had, as like you, just basically great memories. I'm, of course, naturally with Splatoon 3, mostly taking a majority of my time. But when I'm not playing Splatoon 3, it's just like, just the recent games as well. Like, yeah, Pikmin 4, as I said, you didn't have a chance to play Pikmin 4, but like the time I had with it, I mean, even I got the, the basic ending, not the full ending as of yet. But just, again, like, I, I'm kind of reminded of like again when I first go back to pick the original Pikmin games. I didn't get Pikmin two. I did play Pikmin back on the Wii U, but yeah, now Pikmin four is just like absolutely great. And the fact that even won the the best strategy game in the at the VGAs is just like wow, that's surprising to to be considered that. But yeah, Pikmin Pikmin four for me was just it was just that unique game. It was simple, calm, but also at the same time very scary, very stress inducing at times. But it was just, it was just an absolute pleasure just to play around, just because it is just that both cutesy, cuddly, relaxing at the same time stressful. But yeah, that's Pikmin for you, and you don't you don't want your little guys to die unless you <laughs> want to hear them have their screams of pain and death all around. But I digress. <laughs> but yeah, and of course, naturally, as like the um, of course with the Zombie Chron- Chronicles Three uh, Future Redeemed DLC, I play a little bit. I need to get back to it. I know, I know, you know. But yeah, just like seeing like the ser- the service, of course, naturally seeing the bros of yeah Shulk and yeah Shulk and the yeah. <laughs> Just those two bro, homies uh, again. Like again, it's PFS if you love the uh, love the Zebra Chronicle series. And recent games like uh yeah, as I said, Final Engage. But personally, for me, Super Mario RPG. Yes. Like RPG was just like c- classic. Like I, I yes, maybe of a safe entry and all that, with too close to the original game. But it was just that game. It was about bloody time they brought it to the current <laughs> console and not being stuck in eShop hell. So to see this, see more Super Mario RPG finally being re-released, uh, seeing my brother Promolis like monopolize my Switch just to play it again. Like, <laughs> yeah, it brings me back memories back to the original Super Nintendo days. It's just, I'm happy that Super Mario RPG has done so well and just, it, it's a classic that any but any generation to experience speed the old old games or the new games but uh, like utah i mean no surprise here it's just like uh, personally for me my game of the year is naturally of course tears of the kingdom just because it is that level up from breath of the wild like you know breath of the wild was just a demo here is just a full course again the, the three levels sky <laughs> island the mainland of hyrule and of course you have the depths and like just seeing all those like improvements, the changes, the creativity, the fact you make Gundams and robots, make Metal Gear Rex in, in this thing <laughs> to some people's creativity. It's just like, wow, the things you can make in this game. Now, of course, naturally, I think this is one of the, like, the original, like the only Zelda games that actually make your own house uh, via from the Terry Town. And it, that, that is also self creative allows creativity over there just like yeah make, make your own battle pad which yeah that's one of my favorite things to do in that game <laughs> but yeah like the exploration going to the depth seeing like all these like the craziness of it all like the the wonder aside from the skylands to to the depths of like the the, the dark creature like the the gloom creatures of course naturally of course the, the everyone's favorite nightmare is the gloom hands of like yeah being chased around but once you figure yeah. out the trick it's like, that's scary it's like facing the darkness like oh the dark stuff is so scary but once you figure it out oh it's nothing to afraid of as long as you have bombs 
So things are a lot easier when you have bombs on you. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> and yeah, just this, and as I said, like the story, like with Zelda, with the champions, um, uh, pro- predecessors, with uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Riju to uh. Ah man, I, I I forgot all these names. I'm sorry, but yeah, just like seeing how like the, the your companions has grown. Yeah, um, uh, Sidon, Sidon. Yeah, yes, everyone loves Sidon. Just like seeing how they grew since Breath of the Wild and their loss after the original champions is just like, ah, oh, those those are my kids. I raised them. I watched them grow up. There's like yeah, no, and I started getting married and all that. Like, oh man, like where does time go? As like you grew up with these, with them, like with the with other entries, so yeah, it's really hard to say. It's just like Breath of Wild, uh, not not Breath of Tears of the Kingdom. Like again, yeah, Breath of the Wild set up the stage, but Tears of the Kingdom just really like like amped it up. And of course, naturally, that final boss fight with with Ganondorf in his all forms and dragon form. Like like personally for me, I I, I wanted to go like. Once you were like, like, minor spoilers, like when you're facing up against a uh, dragon, um, Ganondorf, like you just want to, like, instead of just full sky, um, full uh, skydive, basically, like, you take the master star, just go straight up, like, um, you know, that Smash Brothers move, like, he just, uh, Link just stabs down on onto <laughs> anybody who's below him, like, stabs the master star down. And I wanted to do that and almost did, but unfortunately, I missed the target, but yeah, like. All the set pieces, the mem- the memories, the cast, the story, just like again, everyone just did such great work in that game. And yeah, just to quickly wrap it up, it's like, yeah, Tears of Kingdom was just that that level of, of a game that we can only experience in the Zelda game. So at, like like you Todd, I cannot wait to see what the Zelda team is, what AG Anuma is in that next game of like as a given enough resources, it, it could be make something even better than what we have now, like because I personally believe that Tears of the Kingdom is just that standard of Zelda games at the moment right now. So here, here's here's hoping, and that's my <laughs> yeah, that's my game of the year personally for Nintendo game of the year for me. Nothing wrong with that. All right, uh, Scott. Alrighty, so I probably spent the least amount of time on Nintendo first party here. But yeah, we know. <laughs> watch our last episode to see how little he actually played Nintendo games last last this year. Yeah. Ironically, the Nintendo Switch for me this year was a lot of Atome games and uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that as a fundamental culture. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time with like Atome games like Charade Maniacs, as well as My Next Life as a Villainous. Um, I also spent a lot of time with Mugen Souls. Oh, that Which, one, that one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mugen Souls and Mugen Souls Z came out this this year, both of them. <laughs> um, at least for Switch. I mean, obviously they originally came out on the PS3 like years ago, but they got their uncensored forms that actually got localized in the West to come out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which makes the Nintendo Switch versions the actual best versions to play, by the way. Darn Toten. <laughs> at least if you're in the West side. <laughs> But uh, I did spend a lot of time on Fire Emblem Engage, which was nice. I actually did play through, I think, all, if not all, most of the DLC stuff. Just because I actually did like getting the DLC rings. They made you feel a lot more OP. 
Yes. Even yes, if I mainly yeah. bought it just because I wanted Tiki. <laughs> oh yeah, Tiki, Sora, and again the three lord, three three house lords. Yes. Yeah. So I did like that. I also did enjoy the time that I did spend of Tears of the Kingdom. Obviously, I had it day well, more like day two because Amazon was late with my order. But day two. Wait, wait, wait! <laughs> you didn't win that game in a contest, Scott. That one was not a giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> and for the record, since our last podcast, he won another giveaway. Like, what the heck? There's Actually... luck. There's luck. There's luck of the Irish, and then there's Scottish luck. Get it? Yeah, I got. I'm getting. <laughs> I do appreciate winning giveaways. It does help my... I mean, it doesn't help my backlog because it just adds more to it, but it does make <laughs> me have to spend less on games. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I do appreciate that. Um, when looking at all of my, the games that I played with for, for the Nintendo First Party, I think my obviously my three favorites are probably going to be Fire Emblem Engage, Super Mario RPG, and Tears of the Kingdom. So personally, for me, game of the year would probably also be Tears of the Kingdom. Mm. But the little RPG, JRPG side of me still thinks that Super Mario RPG is cl very close. <laughs> yeah. Even though I will admit that it's a lot more basic than yeah. <laughs> how Paper Mario expanded on that idea. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing: like I was almost struggling to remember all the games. That's why I was surprised by my year in review last week. And then he, both of you said it's Super Mario RPG. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It was fun. But again, I beat that thing in less than 10 hours. Like, yeah. Because of how basic it was. And I mean, it was still fun. I'm glad I finally got to beat it and see the ending after all these years. But, you know, I would put like Octopath and Star Ocean even mm -hmm. above that in terms of like fun level and complexity. Yeah. But, so, but I know a lot of people waiting like what goes like twenty six years for this. So, <laughs> there's been many of uh, there's been at least a dozen of us. No, yeah, yeah we waited for an entire up. lifetime. Yes, <laughs> it's been eighty four years, right, Keith? <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Fine, but what we will talk about is what you have enjoyed from Nintendo this year, Keith. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Wait, do you want me to be serious? Ah. Uh, well, that was that uh, that F Zero game, zero nine nine. That was okay for um, the first half an hour. There was like, you know what? This is chaos. I can't play this anymore. Chaos. So that that was that. Honestly, I didn't really play a lot of my Switch this year. Literally, did not. And um, yeah, okay. I won't say anything else. I did not play my Switch very much this year. I mean, again, you're a PC gamer. So, yes. <laughs> well, I am more. I'm a, I'm a gamer. I'm, I'm I'm not a I'm not like some people that we don't talk about here. Um, I play everything. It's just there wasn't anything that really really interested me on the Switch in terms of everything else that I had access to. So it's not to say that the games were terrible or bad. It's just I was playing other things, so I didn't get around to playing anything else on the Switch. Sure, sure, sure. But I will because... say this: I did buy. A bunch of games this year for the switch uh and i did buy tears of the kingdom and i did plan on playing it and then my son took it <laughs> <laughs> so he did the same thing with uh uh crap my brain's not working now the first switch zelda uh, Breath uh, Breath of the Wild. Wild. he took that from me too <laughs> so 
somebody enjoyed it. It just wasn't me. It just wasn't this version of Keith. It was the younger version of Keith. <laughs> so there's that. Ah, the life of a parent. Ah, the life of a parent. I wouldn't know. I'm single. <laughs> and yeah, of Darn course, naturally, kids. another thing that you, you were like more or less playing around is another from software type, which is a certain fires of Rubicon that they checked. Oh, we can't talk mm-hmm. about we can't talk about non Nintendo games here. So I wasn't <laughs> going to do it. I will allow it. It's just, it's just admitted you have not played as like any Switch games this year. Uh, what was your what was your favorite non Nintendo game of this year? Oh, there's so many. There's so many. I can't really. We don't have time. As a Rubicon, we know this. Come on. No, 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 no. If you if you really want to see, um, what I played a lot this year, it was uh, Remnant Two. Oh, 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 I believe it. Okay, yeah, okay, I remember okay. you talking about that a lot. You were I love Remnant Two. I heard it was. It great. got it got job so hard at the uh, that Jeff Keighley thing. That Jeff Keighley bias <laughs> show. Whatever that show's called. Whatever it is. Yeah, Running 2 is a fun game. The video game ad show. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. The We Love Starfield, even though we can't say it out loud show. <laughs> I mean, I love my Armor Core as well. Trust me, I love my Armor Core. But uh, Running 2, because I, I was either playing it by myself or other people saying, hey, Keith, because you've run me through here. Keith, how do you find this item in here? So, yeah, I, I love games like that. Seamless co op, lots of stuff to do, fun bosses. Massive worlds, engaging. Wow, can't talk. Engaging storyline, and we got two more DLCs coming up for us. So yeah, really loving Remnant too. I don't have a reason to go back and play it again because I've beaten the game more times than I like to recall, and I'm not <laughs> doing that whole Dark Souls three thing again where I beat it like once every week. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> not doing it. Got other stuff to play. And Whatever do. works for you, Keith. Whatever works for you. That is the truth. So I know we are a Nintendo podcast, but we do venture off, as you recall, our DC Comics talk earlier today. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. That definitely wasn't on the card. Yeah, but, uh, don't watch that show. <laughs> yeah, don't watch that show and only play that game if you're feeling bold. Not brave in the bold. <laughs> so, and that's fine, but like, you know, gaming is for everyone. It is the truth. And you could be a fan of Xbox, the all like what twenty of you out there. Uh Wow. Don't worry, Phil, you'll get to thirty next year. Uh hey, I'm not gonna insult Sony though. They just got crossed fifty million with the PS five. That's impressive. So congrats to them. But uh or, or if you're a PC, like I'm what I, I told you I'm playing Baldur's Gate, I'm gonna get that on my PC because I know my PC can handle it. Thank you, boss. But uh I love Greg Miller. I'm gonna throw stuff at him every time he talks about PC games. Do it now. We got a few minutes left. You can, you can rage if you want. I put a, I put a post out there earlier. I, I, you know, if I had somebody that really could do good, um, not photography, somebody can actually work with me to put a decent video together and send it to Greg Miller. I'm like, look, I'm tired of your crap. I know it's an act, but you're stupid right now. You're being really ignorant. People are getting now are getting clearly frustrated because I'm not only going. This is this is beneath you. You gotta stop doing this. So, and by the way, I like going into my basement. It's where all the cool stuff is. <laughs> like if I had a basement where I could actually, like, you know, decorate it and, you know, not like man cave style, but like nerd cave style. This know? is exactly what this is. This is not a man cave. This yeah. is a geek cave. Yeah. This is where all the cool stuff is. Yeah. But, you know, you know, you know what? Let me just, let me just do a quick rundown do real quick. I'm, I'm going to steal the show from you real quick. Do it. Um, 
because Mr. Greggy, if you ever hear this show, you know, there's so much things you can do on a PC. You know, you can play games online for free. We ain't got to pay for that stuff. We get free cloud backups. You know, we ain't got to pay for that garbage either. We can use any controller that we want on our PC, you know, even a dance pad, even, you know, your dual sense controllers. You know, I mean, they're garbage and all, but they work on the PC. Um, games are cheaper, mostly. You know, so you know, that's pretty cool. We can we can play it on a massive, super awesome, super mega PC, or we can buy a Steam Deck and still get the same thing done. Or raw guy, and play on the go, but actually have a portable machine that lets us play <laughs> games instead of relying on streaming it from my PlayStation Five. What kind of garbage is that? I and you co-sign that crap? Just saying. Come on, man. You're better than that. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, don't forget. You know, heaven forbid the the freaking. I don't want to call it a hack. I call it a crime to insomniac. But you know, there's funny things that have come from that. You know, like. PlayStation's plans to basically copy everything the Xbox was doing. Yep. Hi, PlayStation. Or have I guess... Xbox threatening to buy Nintendo, which we all know they could never do. <laughs> so. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, they said they. Remember, Phil Spencer specifically said we that buying Nintendo was like the dream goal, but we won't be able to do it right now because they're sitting on a mountain of money. And then he said, basically word for word. They don't see that their future is just in software. The Switch is dominating. Still. Eh. It is. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a very loaded conversation. And I actually got schooled by somebody a couple months ago about something like that. Not because one, Nintendo does not have more money than Microsoft. I didn't that's, say that. No, but I'm just there was something I was saying to him about, and I was like, they could never buy them. And he was like, No, think about that for a second. The way the laws work in Japan, if you're an outsider, you could never do that. But what has Microsoft been doing as of late? I don't know. They're acquiring companies. You know, all they need is to acquire one company that has a footprint in Japan. Ah. And they're in the door. That's true. So I was like, oh, you know what? I never thought about that. But I would never want that to happen. Yeah, neither do we. That, that'd be silly. Don't buy up your competition. That's just dumb. I don't like that. I don't like when companies acquire other companies. Unless they're going out of business or they're, they need an influx of cash, they need a, a new direction of management, Activision. Warner Brothers. Yeah, Bobby. Um, then yes, I understand that would be a good thing. But I honestly want to talk about something real quick, and I was going to take it from you regardless. Um, <laughs> everybody says that this year is the best year in gaming thus far, and I agree oh. it's been a fantastic year of gaming. Um, but it's also been a bad year for gaming. Yes. Because we've lost several companies. We've had a lot of developers lose their jobs. We've had a lot of game journalists who love their job, lose their job because of things from the upper top, C-suite people that don't know how to manage companies, companies like the Embracer Group buying up companies and realizing they made a mistake and killing off people's dreams and aspirations. And it's just not been a good year. We've had about 9,000 people last time I counted, and I might be wrong because I think there were a couple more after that, of people who've lost their job in game development this year. Mm-hmm. That is ridiculous. And then we can't get any of these major outlets or personalities to talk about something that makes a lot of sense, something that should be addressed. You know, we'll talk about stuff that makes no sense. We have people, sorry, Scott, you know, music bands on the show that millions upon millions have seen but we can't take a couple minutes out to talk about stuff that makes a lot of sense. And that's the big disrespect to the game industry. Yep. And you know, we need, they need to do better. We all need to do better. 
So I just want to give them a couple seconds or a couple minutes of time because everybody in the industry who loves their job, who lost their job, who was on the verge of losing their job deserves that respect and that, you know, we do care about you. Yeah. And, um, you know, I wish everybody would just stop it with this insomniac nonsense. This is the people have just had a major catastrophe happen. It's not about, oh, look, they got hacked. Xbox is winning or PlayStation sucked. This is about somebody or bodies doing something that is so heinous that people don't understand. They literally took their stuff and blackmailed them and told them if they weren't going to pay the money, they were folks. That is not something to applaud. Now we've got people showing off early act or gameplay from a game that's a year away, maybe even longer, saying, oh, this looks dumb. Oh, this is not Wolverine. Like, it's not even a game at this point, guys. And then we've got people taking the code and using it to play the game on their PC. That's theft. That is theft. And I really hope the people who committed this crime get what's coming to them. Not to mention the personal information that's out there as well. This is dangerous, and we should not be applauding it, and we should not be calling it a simple hack, and we should not be on our YouTubes and our websites and Twitters talking about, oh, this is so great. Then now we can do this, this, that, and the third. No, we should be all saying this is wrong. We should be getting off our high horses and saying this is wrong. We should be joining in solidarity saying this is wrong. But we're not, and that's frustrating. Got to get those clicks or those views. And this is the problem with this industry. This is the problem with this space right now. It's either first or exclusive and not caring about what the repercussions are. This is going to hurt us down the line. People don't think about this. This is going to cause a lot of changes in this industry. All right, I'm done. I said what I had to say. That's right. I appreciate you saying that, Keith. I mean, we've, we've touched on some of those things in the past, but this insomniac leak was, was huge. And now it's like, Oh, but we know about these games. Yeah, but you would have known about them eventually. And now you know about things that aren't coming down for like years to come. And now it's gonna be like, hey, Insomniac, where's this game? Where's this game? Like we know it's coming, and they're they're just gonna get more harassment. That's that's never good. And right? it sucks. It, it sucks suck. because we didn't know there was a, uh, an X Men game coming. No, now it's like, oh, oh, we know about it now. Wouldn't it have been so much better if they had a certain time or an event and like look. X-Men's coming and everybody would have lost their crap. Yeah. Like they like, oh, teaser. You know it's coming. Yeah. Like no one no one knew about the Wolverine teaser and then they showed him. It's like, oh my gosh, it's Omnix doing Wolverine. Like that was cool. And now it's just like now there's already this hate about the game, even though it's not hey. now, yes, it will blow over eventually. Look remember what happened with GTA. Everyone's like, This alpha looks terrible. Yeah, because it's the alpha. <laughs> like it's not even alpha even. And now look at that and that trailer broke records. You know, and that's what drives me crazy with that stuff is the, it's like people don't have the they lack the the brain cells to understand that this is not the game it's going to look immensely better things are going to change they're in a development process they may take things out they make they may change a lot of stuff we have no idea what they're going to do and at this point, it kind of forges their hand. Like, you know what? Maybe those ideas that we threw out the window, maybe we should switch it up and do those now. It's just not a good look. And the fact that everybody's taking this and running. I had a PR person email me about this leak today. 
saying this is actually hang on let me let me dig this up because i i saw it and i was like you gotta be kidding me i was gonna write them back and go you think this is the kind of stuff you should be emailing me about right now let me find that i don't think i'm gonna badmouth the company but i am gonna contact them do what you need to yeah and some here games is still best known blah 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 blah, blah. we've recently had a data breach blah 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 1.6 terabytes of data lost, blah, 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 blah. Here's why. Here's everything that happened. I'm like, dude, I, no. What, why are you sending me this? I don't know. You're, you're not helping. You're just spreading the bad news. Don't do not do this. I've never even heard of this, this PR company before. But I am going to blast them. This is, this is wrong. We don't need this. There you go. I'm done. Okay. And knowing it's half the battle. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so let, let's hope that in 2024 we do get better. That you know, the people who have hurt, like Insomniac and others, are held accountable. And then we we hope for the really big things that we know that won't happen. Like you know, Jeff Keighley actually gets a soul. And <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the day. That'll yeah, be just the day. Hopefully, I don't know. Maybe get the E3 ghosts on Christmas past and present and future. I don't know. <laughs> the next game awards show will be five hours long i saw a great meme the other day and i'm gonna end the show on this but i saw a great meme the other day and it was a star trek meme with picard and it was it was a reference to the christmas carol and he goes but don't it was uh he was being voiced be visited by somebody who goes you're gonna but didn't you see the the three ghosts on christmas night and he goes actually you forgot about the ghost of marley so there <laughs> are four ghosts <laughs> If you know, you know. And with that, hearing <laughs> this episode of the Nintendo Radio Podcast, what were your favorite Nintendo games of 2023? And why was it Tears of the Kingdom? <laughs> or Pikmin, or Vance Wars, whatever you want, or Mario RPG. Uh, or maybe a third-party title. Let us know. And do you want a Super Smash Brothers movie, shared universe, or otherwise? And what would you want it to be? Uh... And what what did you think about Anima's comments about the Legend of Zelda Maker or the the secret lore of the of Tears of the Kingdom? Let us know in the comments below. So for Koopa Keith, Skull Kid Scott, Mario Will, I am Triforce Todd. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not out of lives. We've made it to the end of the level. So raise the flag.